This is the We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast, built by anglers for anglers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trockenbrook. With me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Travis. And today, we've got a jam-packed Winner's Week show. Uh, We've got fresh off a win on the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, Mr. Matt Becker, and BFL winner Jake Caps from Muskogee, Oklahoma. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. You know, both of these guys are participants in the FLW Phoenix Big Five bonus program. Um, so it's pretty neat to see some of our guys obviously being successful um, in their respective tournaments. But for a lot of people that may not know, you know, that program is something we designed when we entered into our partnership with FLW, which is now Big Five. Um, you know, it's a $19.95 entry fee into that program, um, but allows you to win, you know, anywhere from 250 all the way up to $35,000 based on a contingency program. Absolutely. Mr. Matt Becker, for example, his $19.95 entry fee netted him $35,000. Oh, yeah. And, and I believe Justin Lucas netted that thirty five dollars last year, too, as well. He did. And Mr. Cap's still doing well on his return on his investment with a $2,500 bonus on top of his $19 entry fee. Absolutely. And another interesting thing, you know, you mentioned uh, Mr. Caps. His family is a longtime Phoenix family. Um, his dad, his brother. So there's three of them that have been longtime customers, multiple boats. Um, every once in a while you see them on social media posting up pictures of their shop with all three boats lined up. And uh, I believe you've actually got to got to hang out with them some, haven't you? I did, yeah. We um, I met Robert uh, back in 14 or 15 at an open at the Arkansas River. Robert filled me in on the juice of a black neon who daddy. And uh, we see him every year at the classic. They always make sure to come up and say hello, but just a really good family. Now that sounds good. Well, I've already got Matt on the phone, so let's go ahead and patch him in real quick. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Lake Murray champ, Phoenix Pro 2018 rookie of the year, Mr. Matt Becker. Matt, how we doing today, buddy? You know, things are been a little wild here the last few days so it's uh, kind of settling down a little bit all starting to sink in now you know uh, i finally uncovered the phoenix again this morning started <laughs> unpacking and, and cleaning things up a little bit and it is kind of surreal you know pulling the rods out of the locker that actually got it done well you didn't have to pull too many i mean you caught everything on that uh five inch soft jerk bait and what uh two on a spinner bait yeah yeah, pretty much. You know, I had a handful of rods on the deck. I had a bunch of rods in the boat for sure. But yeah, I re- you know, I really had uh, four or five different soft plastic jerk baits on the deck, and uh, that's what I caught the bulk of my fish on right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had multiples rigged up because uh, you know w- when they got the bite, and it, it was all a timing deal, so I needed to be very efficient and uh, not waste any time. So I would just pick up another rod and, and get back in there rather than re-rigging. Mm-hmm. the one i was throwing so you had four or five decoy rods is that what i'm hearing you say well yeah yeah the one side of my my deck was a couple spinning <laughs> rods and a couple decoys and you know pink trick worms that kind of stuff oh, but, but the other lizard, side yep. was the juice yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome well have you been by to see your uh banker yet i did you know i went by yesterday morning and uh they kind of shook me down a little bit they, they thought i was coming <laughs> in with <laughs> with some fake fake checks but well you didn't take the big one did you you just took the small one no i walked in with the big one there you go (laughs) say i'm getting two lollipops today (laughs) (laughs) so tell us about it i mean you're you're gonna say you're a small mouth guy but i looked back at all of your at least pro circuit events 
and you haven't had lower than a 37th on a blueback herring lake. So I'm not going to buy that you're not a blueback herring guy. <laughs> yeah, something about them just click with me. You know, I can't really explain it. I, you know, I've always done good on those uh, spotted bass fisheries, you know, like Lanier, Smith Lake, Lake Martin, that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm not positive that there's even spotted bass in Lake Murray. <laughs> so I caught all largemouth, but I'm sure there might be a couple in there somewhere. I really don't know why there isn't largemouth in there, actually. But, yeah, something about the way the, the bass feed on bluebag and just clicks with, with my fishing style, I guess. And, and it worked out perfectly this week. You know, we hit it at perfect timing where I could throw probably my favorite bait to throw, you know, in a soft plastic jerk bait. And uh, the fish were just coming to me. You know, they're finishing up spawning and starting to slide out. So I was on, like, the leading edge of the pattern. And, you know, I got to throw my favorite bait in clear water and run around like a like an animal fishing 100 spots a day. So it, it just all meshed perfectly with me and uh, worked out pretty good. So is there any, any details or anything that you do uh, to that jerk bait? Anything you customize? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I've, uh, I've spent hours and hours on the water messing with this, this system. And, uh, you know, I finally got it dialed in. Um, I, I start with a it's a trocar tk 180 mm-hmm. it's actually a straight shank drop shot hook is what what they have it designed for but i rig it up exposed hook style on my, my soft plastic dirt baits and uh, then i was well before i was rigging up the bait i was taking some lead wire and wrapping the shank of the hook just to give it a little extra weight to uh, cast a little further and help keep the bait below the surface of the water and then i was adding a stinger treble hook on the back of the bait as well just in case they didn't eat it fully that, you know, I'd have an extra security blanket of a stinger hook just to make sure I got all those fish in the boat. Now that stinger, you run it uh, on top of the bait, don't you? Yes. Yes. I was putting it on top of the bait because the way you, I, I rig up that, uh, you know, TK 180 with the exposed hook, there's really no um, hook out on the bottom of the bait. Mm-hmm. you know the whole shank of the hook is inside the bait so there's no way to run it on the bottom so i, I you know i run it on the top and then uh, the, one of the important things about running that stinger hook was hooking one of the points of the treble hook into the bait that way it's all one piece and mm-hmm. um it, it just helps it swim straighter that way you know that hook isn't moving around and, and it interferes with the action of the bait so hooking one of those points into the bait has helped it more streamline and, and swim straight now, what do you like about the straight shank over, like, an EWG? Well, like I said, it, it leaves an exposed hook. You know, it, it's a, a lot better hookup ratio. It actually has a lot better action. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do that a lot, even when I'm, you know, fishing for smallmouth or, you know, as long as I'm uh, not around heavy cover, I, I always rig it that way there. And what kind of, how much weight were you adding to it? I don't know exactly. I never weighed it or anything. I, I would just, you know started the uh the bait keeper on the hook and wrapped down to about where it started to bend up and just uh cut it off and and leave it at that you know i never really waited or anything and honestly everyone was probably a little different just because you know how many wraps i did or whatever but um you know i don't think that was super important to have it at exact weight it was just adding a little bit to help you cast a little further what about that spinner bait you got a particular one you're going to pick up every time 
Yeah, so um, I, I really like War Eagle spinnerbaits. War Eagle. Yeah, and uh, you know I actually hadn't thrown one all week, and we had a big weather front roll in on day three. And uh, I don't know, it's probably twelve o'clock or so, and and the weather rolled in. It was windy, rainy. It's real nasty out. Um, you know, I don't think they could see that soft plastic dirt bait at all. So I, I was like, I'm just gonna pick up a spinner bait and see what it see what it does. So I sat down. I mean, I pulled out a rod. I had to spool it all the way up, and you know, dug in my spinner bait box, pulled it out of the package, rigged up trailer hook, everything, and tied it on. And it wasn't wasn't three or four casts later. I caught like a three and a half pounder that was a key finish on day three. So, um, yeah, the spinnerbait was cool. That was just a three-quarter double willow war eagle and uh, the blue herring killer. You know, I figured I was targeting herring bass, so I'm going to go with the blue herring killer. Absolutely. So how did you feel, I guess? I mean, you're not even 30 yet. You've had two big wins. What was the emotion like on day four? I mean, what was what were you thinking when you blasted off? Oh, it, it mean – it's been a long time in the making for sure. You know, it was, it was very emotional for me because I, I wasn't positive that I could, I could win, you know, at, at that level. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been consistent since I started, but I wasn't sure that, you know, winning an event really fit my style. So it was, uh, you know, it's a big weight off my shoulders for sure to know that, you know, when, when everything lines up, I definitely can rise to the occasion. Um, and, you know, and it was just so much time behind the scenes, you know, time on the water, practicing, getting better at fishing, and then all the, you know, work on tackle and, you know, just time doing everything to build up to that, you know, that one moment holding the trophy up there. So it was, uh, yeah, it was very emotional for me. And to have my family there was uh, even better. Can, can you explain what you mean by your style and, you know, that you had a little bit of a concern of whether your style could lead to a win at that level? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say I, I fish a little more conservative, you know, um, I try not to fish as risky and, you know, swing for the fence as everyone always says, you know, I always try to just catch as many fish as I can throughout the day and call up to the biggest bag that I can, you know, you usually end up with a decent bag and, and just consistently high in the standings. But I felt like to win that I'd probably, you know, need to change that, that system away from that and, you know, just fish for big fish. And I really don't do that much, but the way Lake Murray set up, it was just the perfect storm, you know, that it, I was a technique and a bait that I was super confident in that I could just, you know, fish a little more risky and uh, the pattern lined up well with uh, fishing fast and, and just jumping around a lot. And I like to cover a lot of water. So those two things kind of mesh perfectly. So with a conservative style, what is a good number of bites for you in practice to feel like, you know, I'm going to be in the in fishing day three at least, you know? Well, that all depends on the fishery for sure. But, um, you know, I, I always try and make sure that I got, at least a couple spots where I can go to and, and settle down and catch a limit if need be, you know, whether they're, they're just keepers or, you know, they're, you know, a little bit bigger quality fish. I, I always look for those types of areas rather than, you know, hunting single big fish or something like that. So I feel like that's where a lot of that comes from is, you know, always trying to catch a limit no matter what. 
And really, I had quite the streak going on until uh, Smith Lake, the last event. I broke my limit streak, but I think I was up to, you know, 30-plus days in a row with laying the limit. That's pretty solid there. That's solid. Did Murray fish small day one and two? Actually, no. You know, um, that was the cool thing. And, you know, the bite wasn't really that great in practice. Mm -hmm. And I found a few key areas that, you know, really dialed me into that pattern. And I ran them the first morning and was able to catch a couple fish. And then it kind of allowed me to expand as, you know, during the tournament. And the cool thing was, you know, in practice, all those points had a boat on them. So it was kind of hard to bounce around and, you know, fish each one and, and then maybe even fish a couple times, you know, to get your timing right. But during the tournament, since it wasn't really happening so good in practice, a lot of the guys were doing other things. So it really opened up the lake more mm-hmm. during the tournament. So I had a lot of those points were wide open. So I could almost, you know, continue practicing during the tournament because there was way less boats doing that. And I uh, was able to, you know, expand and find a few more areas. Um, definitely day one, that was the case. Day two, I think a lot of guys read the story and, and started, you know, bouncing around on some points. So it was yeah. a little more crowded, but um, by the time we got to the weekend, it was good. And, you know, the local stayed off too. So that was very nice. Oh, absolutely. And so no confrontations on the water? No, no, it was good. You know, it, it actually, the, the only situation where I really had anybody on spots that I wanted to fish, it actually worked out in my favor. So, I mean, it, it's just pretty crazy, you know, how the whole week worked. Uh, I, I rolled into this one creek, and there was four points that I wanted to fish. And I went around to each one of them, and there was a boat on all four of them. So I kind of made a U-turn and just kind of – there was like a light shining down onto this one – shoal buoy so i just kind of pulled in there never fished it in my life and it turned into be my best spot in the four days of the tournament really yeah so so things like that are happening you know it's gonna be a good week oh you gotta know that that was coming then (laughs) oh yeah yeah no i started getting those those feelings uh you know halfway through the first day when, when things like that were lining up i mean i was like this might just be my time you know now, when did, uh, was your family there for day one or when did you call them and say, Hey, y'all need to come on down? Yeah. The funny thing about that, my, my girlfriend's been traveling with me this year. So she was there the whole time, but, but my dad and stepmom, they, they had planned on coming from, you know, the whole beginning of the season, you know, they were coming to this event. They left on a uh, Thursday morning and we're driving down. So they didn't make the, the day one way in, but they were there for takeoff day two and for, for the rest of the event. But yeah, it just kind of worked out perfectly that, that they had already planned on coming. And then we ended up winning the event. Now, how's that been traveling with your girlfriend? Has that been helpful having stuff? Oh, yes. Yeah, she is awesome. You know, she takes care of all the the stuff at, at the house and, you know, helps me with uh, everything. You know, it just makes me uh, not have to think about anything else but fishing. And, you know, that's a huge help because, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about anything else. I can just think about how to catch the next bass. And, you know, she's getting pretty good at backing in the truck and the trailer and helping out with things in the boat and cleaning up stuff. So it, it's been pretty good. And not to mention she, uh, she's made friends with all the service crew, mm-hmm. makes, <laughs> makes them cookies and everything. So oh, they've awesome. all loved her and, uh, it, it's definitely helped me out as well. Yeah, I'd say you get bumped to the front of the line there. Yeah, exactly. Can she tie better knot than you? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. 
I need to get her on that, but I, I don't know. That's a thing where like I, I kind of have to do that myself. Oh, I got to figure that. Now, did you rig up a bunch of those just night before? Because I got to figure that's got to take you five, six minutes to rig that joker up. Yeah, you know, it takes a while to uh, to rig that whole system up. So, yeah, I would rig up five or ten the night before and, you know, super glue them so the bait would stay on the hook. And, uh, you know, my, my PHX has that nice foam hook keeper on mm-hmm. the lid so i'm able to you know clip them right in there they're not gonna fall out and whenever uh, a bait gets tore up i can just reach in there grab one tie it on and uh, get back to fishing so i wasn't wasting any time no that was a gary klaus invention he used to just buy foam and we glue it to the lid and that one actually you can take it out and change it over once i get one yeah. out it's been a yeah, pretty cool thing to have this year that's pretty cool yeah i really like that feature so looking forward, we got you follow Potomac, St. Lawrence. You doing any uh, Toyota series? I am. I'm fishing the Northern Toyota series. Okay. Uh, I, I live in Pittsburgh, so I, I like the North. I love the smallmouth, and uh, that schedule looks pretty good this year. So I'm excited about that one. Those eerie smallmouth seem to be a little bit dumber than ours down here. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, they they don't get pressure. No, they, they don't. The year. So they uh, they kind of forget what they learned all all summer long and then start the process over so fourth year on tour what were what were some of your goals let's just rewind going into this year i mean what were some weaknesses you wanted to work on and what did you think your strengths were that you were going to hone in on looking at the schedule well you know it's funny each year i i sit down before the season started and uh you know write down make a list of goals for me and one of those goals this year was to win an event so it feels pretty good to check that that off the list you know going forward um i want to stay consistent and keep cashing those checks and uh i want to qualify for the bass pro tour one way or the other so that that's really the main focus at this point is just keep keep catching them and be consistent and rack up those points um you know, next next on the list, probably for next season, is is to really focus on an angler of the year trophy. You know, I, I want that so bad, and I feel like that meshes with my my style much better than a win would. Mm-hmm. Granted, the win definitely came first, but um, this year I kind of stubbed my toe at Okeechobee and had a 70th place finish, and I feel like that probably knocked me out of the angler of the year contention for this year. But we're only halfway through, and if we really catch them here these next three, that, that still a possibility yeah and sitting 15th i mean that's that's not out yeah. of reach at by any means nope not yet but we'd have to have some things go our way and have some guys stumble and of course i gotta catch them the rest of the way and just see where it where it falls i think you just find a couple more show buoys and yeah i know right, right. <laughs> if it was always that easy no one would do it <laughs> that's right now don't you get to fish the next bpt being in the top Four. I do, yeah. I got invited to uh, Lake Chickamauga. Oh, that'd be a it's good one. It's uh, stage four, I think. It's uh, the first week of June. So, yeah, you know that that lake's been my nemesis. If I've had one one nemesis lake in the last four years, it's been Lake Chickamauga. I've fished uh, three tournaments there now, and I've finished in the hundreds every time. It's uh, you know, if you take out Lake Chickamauga from my uh, from all my standings, you know, it, it looks a lot better than <laughs> with Lake Chickamauga. So, um, hoping to get a little revenge there, maybe get that monkey off my back with a different format. But you know, it, the the very least, 
I'm guaranteed to have my best finish yet because there's only 80 guys in the tournament. So, <laughs> do you plan on spending some time practicing that format? Um, yeah. I mean, actually, you know, looking back at the tournaments I've fished at Chickamauga, I've always caught a ton of like two, two and a half pounders, but I've never caught the, like the three and a half, four pounders that you need for a five fish event. So, I may not change anything. I just may go do what I've done and, and just see where it stands. But that ought to be an interesting tournament. You know, that might be the first ledge fishing tournament with that style. So I'm curious to see how it plays out and how many fish actually get caught. No, it is. But it sounds like it's going to suit your style, though, for going for bites. Uh, yes. The, now, the rules, though, that's where I feel for you guys coming in and only fishing the one event like Everybody else knows the rules. Don't let it hit the carpet. I mean, all the little nuances that we keep seeing. Uh, you read the rules yet? Do you feel like you... Oh, yeah. You're good? Yeah, no. So, actually, uh, I was invited to the first Bass Pro Tour event this year at Sam Rayburn. I got to fish that based off my uh, Angler right. of the Year standings last year. So, going into... What do you got? You follow next, and you're going to go straight to Chick? Yes. Gotcha. 10-4. Yes. Yep. We got a few, another week or so off, and then I'm going to head down to Alabama, get ready for that one. And then another week or two off after that, and uh, head to Chickamauga. Now, you going to so, stay around here and fish, flying. or are you going to go home? I don't know. I haven't I haven't planned that one out yet. Um, but, you know, the fishing's getting really good up north, so I'll probably come up here and, and you know, go catch some big smallmouth because it's it's that time of year. Well, if you decide you want to stick around, there's a pretty wild Wednesday nighter that goes on down here on Tim's Ford, and uh, they got a couple smallmouth. All right, all right. I might have to look into that. Well, pick you up on I mean, that. eight do pounds I have a, is winning it. So, yeah, I mean, do eight I have or nine. A team partner there. Yeah, that's right. It's a team tournament. Eight or nine pounds might get you paid. Yeah. All right. I, oh, that's that's right up my alley. You know, I grew up <laughs> yeah. here in Pittsburgh. So. Oh yeah, the twelve pound <laughs> classic. Yeah, it takes 13 and then three days here. <laughs> now, did you go to that uh, Bassmaster Classic? What was that, 05? I did. I did. That was 05. I was uh, 13 years old. KVD gets it done with 12 pounds. He does. Yep. And Aaron I, Martin I can vividly, second. I can vividly remember watching him hold the trophy there when I was sitting in the stands. <laughs> the fish on the trophy was bigger than what he caught. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you uh, know, I remember sitting there, and, and they would uh, – they put those fish in that little cage, mm -hmm. the glass, you know, plexiglass cage. And, and I remember they have a camera view looking down on them and it looked like a couple little swim baits laying in there. It was just, <laughs> you know, didn't even look like there was bass in there. But man, that's kind of a cool one too. Cause everyone remembers that one, uh, just how oh, tough yeah. it was. And I mean, Pittsburgh, it's a sports town. I mean, people show out for that. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and it, it, that year, you know, I wasn't fishing a whole lot then that I can remember, but it's definitely not that bad. You know, the fishing has gotten a lot better since then. You know, if there were to be another major event here now, it would probably take more like a seven to eight pound per day average, you know, big fish. Mm -hmm. oh, giants. <laughs> uh, that'll rival Sabine for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, who who took you fishing? Was, I mean, you didn't just go to the classic by yourself. You had to be what thirteen or fourteen. So, yeah. who, who got you involved in it? Yeah, my my dad got me into fishing. You know, I don't ever remember not fishing. Put it that way. Um, it's you know, it's all I've ever known. You know, I played a couple other sports and stuff, but um, once they started interfering with fishing, we put an end to that. So, um, we were always in, you know, smaller 
club level tournaments. We had a nice family oriented club that, you know, had fished little tournaments and that's what really put that drive in me to just, you know, really fall in love with tournament fishing. And then probably when I turned 18, maybe, maybe 16, I, I started taking upon myself to, you know, get into Bass Nation stuff and get into BFLs and that kind of stuff and started working my way up from there. But yeah, my dad definitely got me into it and he's the one who planted his bug in me. So, so up there in Pittsburgh, how, how is that as a 16 year old trying to navigate the waters and get yourself, you know, in as a co-angler and stuff like that? You know, there's uh there's not a whole lot of lakes around here. So a lot of the tournaments would, would travel, you know, we'd go to the Potomac river or Chesapeake Bay or Lake Erie or stuff like that. That's where a lot of the, you know, the bigger tournaments were in this area. So um, I had to travel a little bit, you know, there was a few on the rivers and, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time after school, you know, take my little boat down. Cause I, I was five minutes from a boat ramp. So I could, you know, come home and hitch up and run down there for five, 10, you know, five, 10 minutes and, and get down there for the evening. So it, it was pretty cool and, uh, definitely learned a lot fishing the river so much. Now, when did you decide that, man, this is what I want to do for a living and dedicate everything to that? You know, really about when I graduated high school, you know, um, of course, you know, they always pushing college on everyone. And, and I really thought about it and I, I decided to go, I was planning on going a tech route. You know, I wanted to work on HVAC and, and fish as much as I could, but I was actually working for a company during high school and, uh, they pretty much talked me out of the HVAC and said, you know, we'll train you to work here and I'll pay you about the same and uh, we'll let you off as much as you want to go fishing. You know, it was kind of a small family that owned the company and they kind of took me in as family. And that was a huge help to get me where I am today. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that was a, uh, as a printer and copier company. So they were selling and servicing printers and copiers. So I, I got, you know, pretty good at fixing them. And next thing I know I'm running their service department and, uh, you know, it was a good job, you know, pretty easy low stress but i was uh always wanting to fish mm -hmm. so they let me off you know six seven weeks a year to, to chase tournaments around you know mostly just regional stuff to uh really help me get better at fishing and le learned a lot you know still allow me to pay the bills doing it and then uh, once i won that toyota or the, yeah toyota series it was the coast at the time on thousand islands that's when i really got my break that I needed that, you know, I needed that big chunk of money to uh, pay the entry fees and, and take even more time off away from work mm -hmm. to uh, take that jump. And that win there is what really started that and, and lit the fire. And then it's kind of all built up from there. No, they still call you in to, to, you know, be a rally hitter when they got a problem. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, for the first couple of years I was on tour, I, I would I would come home and work for two three weeks at a time in between tournaments. But, um, you know, going into the, my third year, the sponsors really picked up, and uh, I was able to kind of quit that job and, and not have to do that anymore to keep things afloat. So that was a big help. And now going forward, I don't think we'll have to worry about that anytime soon. No, that's good. Now. What made you feel like you made it more when sponsors stepped up and you could do this full time, give it your all, or with this win that you just had? Mm, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, both were equally important for sure. But right, I feel right. like th- this this win definitely, you know, it's like solidifies my confidence in myself and, and just lets me know that I definitely belong there and I could win any tournament that I fish. You know, the the sponsors was definitely important and it, it was a big relief. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to stress as much in, in the tournaments, but like I said, I still wasn't sure that I could win on that level. So, yeah, to get the W just uh, takes a lot of weight off my shoulders, and I feel like a new man. So where's the trophy sitting? Trophy sitting right next to the TV in the living room. <laughs> Excellent. Front and center. You can't. You walk in the front door, and it's right there. So what, what are you doing with the uh, $35,000 Phoenix bonus? Well, hopefully – I uh, I can find a few write-offs, but it might have to go to the IRS. <laughs> hey, hey, I may know a CPA that, that, that knows a few things. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. You know, it's uh, I'm probably going to have to do some investing. I, I want to make this this last for a while. You know, you could buy two bitcoins right now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll it all on red, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, nah, that's going to be awesome. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know, I'm trying to be smart about it. You know, I really like, honestly, I hate to say like, I, I don't need anything, but like, I, I, I'm, I'm a simple guy. Like, you know, I may pay off my truck or something, but like, I'm not going to go spend it all and go buy anything. You know, I, I pretty much have everything I want and need. So life is good. You may get like a security case for that trophy. Yeah, yeah, I'll do something like that, and you know, maybe uh, build me a little tackle room, or you know, some some little projects like that, but nothing major. Well, you got enough money now, you can do slap slap boards instead of pegboards. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's nice. That stuff is nice. I've seen a couple of shops, and it makes me kick myself for pegboard now. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, man, we really appreciate it. I'm sure you're running the gamut this week and uh, doing everybody's podcast. So, thanks for carving out some uh, some time for us. Oh, no problem. No problem. Anytime you need someone to talk fishing, you know, I'm always available. So I appreciate you guys very much. And, uh, I want to holler at you about that rig. Cause that was, uh, it looks like it took a lot of time on the water to figure it out, but it looked pretty uh, dang perfect. For sure. Yeah. Anytime. Give me a call. All right, man. Well, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See you <laughs> Thanks, guys. Matt. See you, bud. Phoenix Boats, our passion for fishing is obvious. Whether it's a pro event or fishing with our family and friends, we truly love the sport of fishing. That's why our goal is to make every single Phoenix boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction. We love to fish as much as anyone, and we believe it shows in every boat we build. Phoenix Boats, built by anglers for anglers. Welcome back, folks. We got with us on the line now, winner number two, all the way from Muskogee, Oklahoma, Mr. Jake Caps, getting it done on the Arkansas River. Jake, what's going on, buddy? How are we doing today? I'm pretty good. It'd be better if I was out on the lake instead of stuck in work, but I'll take it. What do you, what do you so, call the day job? I work at uh, Love Bottling Muskogee. It's Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, uh, distributing plant. All right. How do you balance that with fishing? You know, uh, I wish I had more time to fish, but, you know, it allows me to get out there and, and do it. So, How many uh, folks work over there? 130, 130-ish. Y'all have like so, a little week uh, weeknight tournament? No, I wish that we did, but I do um, help. Uh, actually, two weekends ago, put on a second annual uh, 
kids fishing derby. Oh, cool. There's a five-acre pond in the back. Uh, and there's a guy from a local trail around here that puts on a kid's trail. He'll bring the weigh-in trailer out there. There's a lot of perch and little bass and crappie. Um, we get some prizes and goodies and just give the kids and employees kids and grandkids. So it's a, it's a fun tournament. I mean, it's, it's special to me seeing all the kids get out there with their families and stuff. So it's a good time. That is good. And you've got a little one of your own too, don't you? I got two. I have a four month old and one going on three months. So dude, how are you even getting to fish? Well, it's tough at times. Don't get to fish (laughs) like I used to. I hear you. Well, speaking of that, that I mean, tell us about Arkansas river. I, the first time I met you, uh, was actually down there for that open and, uh, came by, met the family. And, uh, I mean, y'all are not too far down the road from it. I mean, that's home field advantage, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's about five minutes from the house. Um, I've grown up fishing on that river. Um, you know, last year it burned me, um, <laughs> uh, every time I fished it, uh, no, I was really honestly dreading fishing this tournament. And, uh, I was planning on taking off work last Thursday and Friday, get a chance to pre-fish. I didn't even get to pre-fish. I hadn't been on it since uh, September last year. Wow. And I said, you know, every tournament last year, you know, I got on a pretty good pattern. And I said, you know, maybe I can just change my luck. Um, I know some areas they should be in. We had a lot of storms on Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, We probably got two, three inches of rain. Uh, So I went somewhere where I figured, you know, there was, there was no big feeding creeks coming in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more protected. Um, that way you just wouldn't be a lot of trash and debris. And that way I just felt like it'd be the safer option for me. And luckily it, it turned out. Now, did you lock or did you stay in the main pool? Yeah. No, I did lock. Um, I locked down. Um, I was about five. I had a very early check-in, like 2.30. Mm. Uh, and I actually locked up early. Um, just because the way that the lock went that morning, I didn't really have confidence in a lot of people that were locking. Um, I didn't want to get, you know, be locked out or mm-hmm. not locked up, but late. So I called the lock master, um, and I actually came back early. Uh, so I luckily caught my fish in about an hour and a half, two hours and turned around and got back in the Muskogee pool. So, so being the home field advantage that it may, your, your brother fished that tournament also, didn't he? Yes, he did. All right. So, how do y'all hash out who's going where? You know, we we tell each other everything. Um, when we'll tell each other, you know, where we're going, and kind of try to bounce information off one each other and help. But um, you know, he had his game plan, what he wanted to do, and where he thought that he could go and catch some fish. He lost a couple good fish that really hurt him. I think he had two fish for five something. Uh, it was a really tough tournament, but he did have a couple of fish that would have put him way up there. Um, so like I said, it just kind of, kind of depends where we're going. We usually stay out of each other's way, um, or try to, um, uh, we respect, you know, each other, but you know, for catching them on something, you know, Hey, you know, we're doing this, mm-hmm. uh, or whatnot. Um, but like I said, if, if it came down to it, we pull up to the same spot together, which we have a couple of times and, you know, share it, you know. If it's an offshore deal on a different lake or something, you know, we may fish it together um, or we may rotate around at times, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but usually we try to stay out of each other's way because we just don't want to interfere with one another too much. Now, you you said that you'd talked to the lockmaster and you came on back early. 
Did you yes. feel pretty confident about the bag you had coming back and said, you know what, I'm good coming on in early? You know, I told my co-wing that I had a solid bag. Um, I felt like I had about 15. Uh, of course, he was saying, man, you got like 18 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Pumping you and, up. And, uh, uh, man, he was my biggest fan. I mean, he was he kept me going. Uh, he was – I thought I was getting excited. He was getting pumped up. I mean – what was weird is it was dark and rainy, um, but when the sun would pop out, I mean, you could see the sun starting to break, and it would really set those fish up. And when I'd catch one, I'd catch one or two, and then it would get cloudy, and then I'd catch one or two, and then a cloud, then the sun popped back out. I mean, it was just automatically. When the sun would come out, those fish would turn on, uh, and it would just be bam, 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 and he was just getting jacked up with me. Um <laughs> So it, it was neat. Uh, he was he was really fun. Uh, probably one of my most favorite co-winglers I've ever been with, honestly. Um, but back to that, um, I knew that the fish had been were postponed. Some of the fish that I had, uh, they were long, but they were also pretty skinny. Um, they weighed, I think I weighed two of them. They were three ten at mm-hmm. the. I mean, I don't carry the scales with me. Um, I kind of old school. I use a balance beam. Um, but whenever I weighed big fish, just to kind of see, um, I had two that were 310, but they were, I said they were fresh post-spawn fish. Mm-hmm. So last week they had been, you know, fives, but they, right. they looked really good to the eye, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I knew the weather, uh, loss of be blown out, heard, you know, just some chatter and stuff like that. And, you know, anytime on the river, you have around 15 pounds, it's usually not enough to win. I figured it'd probably be about 17 to 18. Um, but whenever I was the fourth or fifth person to weigh in, I think I sat there underneath that tree and torture all day, watching everybody <laughs> weigh in through four o'clock. So, uh, it, I didn't make it easy on myself watching it, but I didn't want to go anywhere. So you, you sat there and watched it. You didn't go back to the boat and just listen or anything like I that. I went, I loaded the boat up, um, and came back uh, around. So probably about 20 minutes later, um, I kept wondering, I was like, man, where's all the people at? And there's wasn't that many people weighing in. I'm like, well, maybe I have a chance. But I was like, yeah, I don't want to, don't want to jinx myself. My wife, she wasn't able to come. The kids, they weren't able to come. And she kept calling me, still leading it. I'm like, you know, I don't want to jinx myself. Just quit talking to me. Just, just quit <laughs> calling for a minute. You know, I don't want to like, oh, yeah, I think I got it. Then, you know, got bumped. Um, it's happened before. Um, so like I said, I waited to the very, very end and, uh, until it was official so it was a it was special um i've been close i've had a lot of chances a couple of times i think i've had three top tens i had one a couple of years ago i had three fish for 15 something and it took 15 12 to win um so i mean like i said i've had some some close calls and never been able to put it all the way together so it made it extra special That's to right catch here at home. he caught one mm-hmm. uh, he had one uh, I was like 213 or something. It was a good fish. Um, I had missed the fish, and I said, flip in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did, because uh, I already had a limit, and um, it didn't really feel like a very good bite. Um, but it was bigger than what I thought. It might have mm-hmm. gave me, you know, a little bit, six, a little bit, you know, 16 and a quarter or so. Uh, but it really wasn't that, wouldn't have been that beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we tried to get him, you know, some, I mean, it was all wide open right there. You know, he was fishing the same thing that I was. Um, 
it's just my time. Yeah, I'd say so. What, what, what was a key bait for you? I was flipping a young bad mama. Um, that's something that I've just liked to flip. Um, just had confidence in it. Um, three eighths weight. A lot of people like to go, you know, a smaller weight. Um, I usually don't throw anything less than a half, but I went to a three eighths. Um, and just try to put it right on their head and get that reaction bite. What what color was it? You mind sharing that? Uh, yeah, it was a California 420, and I think I ran out of them and went to like a watermelon red. Is that a pretty good staple color for the Arkansas River? You know, people's black and blue, um, I think that's probably the most predominant color. A lot of people throw, or, you know, like a solid blue. To me, I've just always had watermelon red or black neon. I was going to say, black neon, I thought they bit out there pretty yeah. good. Yeah, they did like that black neon. Uh, but there was a little bit of, it wasn't as dirty as everywhere else. I mean, and when I said when the sun came up, it wasn't as dirty as what it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just more or less kind of milky on top, you know, um, but there was a little bit of clarity in the it, mid section. But it really wasn't very deep, you know, only about a foot of water. Is it the California crawl that's black neon on one side and like green pumpkin on the other? Yeah. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. I yep. like that one a lot in that milky water. Yep. Now, were uh, your folks able to make it over there? Um, my mom wasn't able to. My dad was there. Um, so, like I said, me and my dad and brother, we've, my dad got us fishing years ago as kids, you know, and thankful for an amazing dad that, you know, brought me and my brother up, you know, hunting and fishing and, um, you know, fishing, fishing pals back when we were kids and, uh, they almost be a fishing family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really special that they were both there. Well, a lot of sure. people may not realize you guys aren't only a fishing family, you're a Phoenix family. Yes, we are. Every one of y'all has got one in the, in the garage there, don't you? Yep. Yep. We do. So there's a, it's the, it's the bird nest for sure. Oh yeah. I've seen some pictures of it. It looks pretty slick. Yeah. So it's, uh. It's pretty neat. So your dad got the first one, right? I can't remember if my dad or my brother got the say first was, one. I think it were, was my dad. It was my dad. And then Blake got one. Then Blake got one, and then I got um, one. And then there's been quite a few. Yeah, I think we've counted like eight or nine between the three of you. So there's been uh, some boats go through there. Um, but there are. The best boats out there in the market, you know, I run a 20 PHX, um, and the water, you know, was that morning said it was pretty rough, um, with some of the wind, the storms blowing out, you know, making a long run, had no issues that PHX is both that I love. Um, it's my favorite one, uh, of them all. I think that it's, it's quick, it's smooth, it's dry. I mean, there's not another boat that I'd rather be in. I'm in one too. I like the 20 PHX. Who's getting the yep. new one next? Who's up, who's up for one? It'll be, it'll be me. <laughs> it'll be me. So yeah, I'm ready for, for another one. Um, but like I said, those, you can't beat, beat a Phoenix boat. I know my, um, dad and brother, they have the elites. One has a 920 and one has a 921 elite. And it doesn't matter which boat you're in. They're mm-hmm. all, they're all great boats. Now, the pictures I've seen, y'all have got all three of them in the same shop. Do y'all all live close together? Or? Yeah, I actually live uh, next door now. Okay. Um, so, but hope still stays over there. Yep. So it's um, 
said it's a uh, it's a neat when you walk in there and you say oh man there's three you know yeah. we got a lot of buddies that you know fish around here and they'll come and stay you know muskogee it's around a lot of the lakes you know northeast oklahoma um so there's times there's there's four of them there mm-hmm. sometimes there's a couple of them outside too so they're all over the place um so it's pretty neat now what's the rest of your schedule looking like for this year you gonna jump in any more bfls or costas or toyota series now um not going to do the toyota series um have the xfl this coming up weekend uh on the river um so we're supposed to get a lot of rain coming in tonight through thursday they're talking about flooding and possibly postponing it if not I know they've already said it's going to be a trailering tournament. Um, and then the weekend after that, I got, I think, the ABA on Grand and the BFL the weekend after that um, on follow, And then it starts to slow down for the summertime. So kind of get be good to spend, spend some time on the weekends with the girls and all that. So it'll be a busy next few weeks. I'd say so. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned earlier, obviously, you were flipping in this tournament, but you talked about you and your brother sharing some offshore stuff if you're offshore. What what's your favorite way to catch them? My favorite way to catch them, um, I like throwing by anything with the top water really. Um, frogging, uh, throwing a spook. Um, but if I'm not doing that, if I'm not super shallow throwing top water, I wanna be offshore. I wanna, you know, half ounce weight with the big worm, big jig in my hand and fish for bites. Yeah. So that's what I like to do is just fish offshore and fish a big worm big jig um and hang out that way if not like i said i like to be on the bank i don't like that that midsection when those fish kind of get in that area it's kind of i struggle mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of my weakness that xfl they draw pretty big boats don't they I mean, it's like a 15 grand payout yes it is so that's yes, a one, one team tournament around there that everybody likes to fish yeah like i said it's um trying to think it's usually about 150 to 175 somewhere in there oh, that's pretty solid um, there. one one back in 18 mm-hmm. um and then me and blake fished one last year uh, got second we let it right to the end um so like so hopefully get a couple more wins this year absolutely when you guys fish that team tournament how do you figure out whose boat you're in um you know it really depends um i usually i fish with a friend of mine from arkansas jeff clark uh, we usually fish those together. Uh, we fish in the last few years together, actually. Um, usually we'll fish um, out of mine most of the time. Last year we fished out of Blake's because I, I worked um, more that week. Uh, he was able to practice some, so we just kind of took his boat. And he had just got the Garmin, um, and I didn't have it at the time. So I said, you know, let's go check this thing out, fishing offshore. So that was one reason why we took his last year. I gotcha. Now, is it the open ABA you're fishing? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. What's that yes. draw out there for y'all? Because I know the Alabama one draws a decent amount. You know, it's uh, we had we had one. Our first one was actually canceled this year. Uh, we had a huge ice storm or ice. I don't know what you call it. Two weeks where we didn't get above freezing, uh, and the first one was right in the middle of that, so it got canceled. And then we had one on Fort Gibson in March, uh, and it took, there was 60 boats on the dot. Um, so that's what, you know, you need to get the, the payouts for all the contingencies, and it, it hit 60. Mm. So that's usually about where it's at. It's that 
55 to 65, somewhere in there. 10 4. Well, shoot, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out. Congrats on that. I guess uh, new boat in the future for you. You're next. Yeah. Um, I'm probably try to wait, you know, another couple months for our order one. Um, that way, hopefully, the 2022s will be in production and um, they'll get set up for that. Absolutely. Get some more of that contingency money. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> it's all about. Well, shoot, man. We appreciate it. You, uh, you holler if you need anything. Will do. Always right. do. We'll let you get back to work, bud. All right. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, you too, bud. Thank you.